Guest alert, guest alert. Hey, just before the episode starts, I just wanted to mention that Danny has been a guest on another show. She has appeared on a recent episode of Block Blunders, which is a show that my brother Pat has started with his friend Barry. It's a fantastic show. They are both hilarious. And the premise of the show is that either one of them or a guest, in this case, Danny, tries to narrate and describe the plot of a movie that they've never seen. And they've only tried to figure out that plot through sort of cultural osmosis and a cast list. It's a great show. It's very fun. And Danny's episode is brilliant. So I've put a link to it in the show notes. Go and check it out. And if you enjoy it, go and listen to the rest of the show. But if you want more Danny in your life, that's where you can get it. Uh, All right. On to the post show. Bye. Enjoy podcast This Escape. Welcome to Podcast This Escape, the podcast where we talk about the escape room we escaped from in the previous episode of this podcast. Will, congratulations, you escaped. I can't believe it. <laughs> um, now, I will, I will cover before we start. Um, we have had to let Gabe rush off. Yeah, we, haven't, we don't have him here live, but we have him in spirit. Uh, we should ask so him to do him. some react noises. <laughs> yeah, we can just edit in a couple of, oh, really? Uh, but we so, still have Will. Will, uh, congratulations, you did great. What was it like as your first virtual escape room experience? It was very cool. Oh, I liked it a lot. <laughs> it did feel like an escape room in my experience, right? Mm. So I've, I've done a few. So like, I'm not, I'm definitely not what I'd call a veteran, but it was, yeah, it was great. It was very cool. It's a fun room. Uh, I, I play tested this fairly recently as well. And yeah, like, and you very similar sort of like progression than I, that I had, right? Like running around the room. Thank you for checking things. the quest board nice and early. Billy yeah. didn't. And I was getting really worried. I was never going to check that quest board. It's like the final, I just, I was just <laughs> didn't want to do all the reading, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's the tavern. You go to the shadowy stranger in the corner and you go to the quest board. Actually, mm-hmm. I have a question for you that I asked Danny during the play test and answered myself as well, which is. You see a quest board in a in right. You're in a tavern. There's a quest board. Mm-hmm. Do you have in your head like the prototypical image of a quest board? Do you have like a? Is there something you picture from some property the first time you saw the idea of a quest board that jumps into your head? Uh, yeah, I guess uh, probably. Uh, mm. So something like you know, sort of like a cork board or something like that with lots of things pinned on it, and like maybe a wanted poster or. You know, uh, some yeah. like little handwritten notes or, or different things like that. That's that's kind of what I visualize. I was just because I because as soon as I hear the word, I always have the same image in my head, which is very specific, which is the quest board that you get shown at the start of the 1989 Sierra game Hero Quest or Quest for Glory. You walk into yeah. town and you go into the Adventures Lodge and it's the quest board and you can like go left to right yeah. and you can see all that. And that's like... Every time I get, I picture one, I have that exact and precise image. Uh, and I just, I just wondered if anyone else had something as specific as that. Um, but no, you did, you did really well. Was there any moment in the room for you that, that you, you felt, felt smart, proud of. that you felt proud? Hmm. That mm. is a good question. I think, no, I felt very, uh, <laughs> I felt unprepared. I felt like I was barely getting things along the way and just kind of lucking into some stuff here and there. Uh, no, yeah. Um, there, yeah. I mean, 
I think it was pretty cool finding, you know, that it was the bar. I kind of had this, this, mm. this sense for a minute that it might be the bar, <laughs> right? Mm. Uh, that the demon could be the bar. I don't know. Uh, so that was really cool to see that. It felt like, felt completionist to me, I guess, right? Yeah. Um, so that was really cool. Mm. Um, you also got that the amulets were going to be protections against the yeah. loss of each of those yep, particular you attributes. identified those as the traits. You, yeah. I believe, figured out the target point system. Yes, you counted the rings and the targets to get 10 points. Right. You feel right. quite good about that. It was nice. I, I spent so long with the amulets during when I was playing, being like, mm. like first of all, finding Schwakodi. I was so sure that was going to get me a word. As, and you guys did the same thing. Like, oh, let's put those letters in that order. I what know. does it spell? I was really I relieved. I thought as soon as CH showed up, I thought that that was a giveaway. And Everyone's I was so like, worried. It's uh, charisma. <laughs> Um, and, but I spent then so long trying to like rearrange them into words or be like, well, is there a word I can make with these letters? Like I've got yeah. cow, I've got, is, yeah, is yeah. cow chids a, a word? I did a lot of that. You I know? did a lot of that. And then I did a lot of like associations with things in the room or things mm. like that, just trying to figure out what might they map up to. Yeah. Uh, but, but when you, when you said, Hey, there's remember, there is something that ties in. Mm to the game mm, to that kind of yeah. like that hit me pretty quickly after that yeah. yeah demons pure iron pocket dimensions i don't know if those things are important in D, &D but mm -hmm. i wanted those stats there yeah yeah interestingly in my original formation of this room it was even less DD like and the things yeah. that uh the demon was going to be feeding off were uh Classic seven deadly sins things. Oh, that's a nice idea. And so I went to that. I like seven deadly sins based things, but I had two problems. One is that there were some things that I didn't really want to come up. Like I didn't want any exaggerated lust coming up. <laughs> that's true. That's I didn't want exaggerated man. gluttony coming up because shaming someone for liking food makes me sad. And also... Mm -hmm. Uh, like four of them are the same thing. It's that like, was also a problem. Gluttony, lust, which is just gluttony, and then like greed, which is just gluttony. And they're all the same thing. Yeah. And then about halfway through my room writing process, I suddenly thought, oh, what if it was uh, sucking your traits instead, sucking your D&D &D strengths? And then Amazing. I went, oh, no, that's too much work. I can't change that from what <laughs> I've got so far. And then I went, no, I have to, have because to if I tell it. this story in the post show in reverse, everyone's going to be yeah. thinking it's ridiculous that I didn't do this. Oh, you should have had the demons uh, like attacking people for not following the Ten Commandments. You have one person who's <laughs> coveting his neighbor's wife and another one who's worshipping other gods except for Yahweh. That'd be a good one. Uh, my area of expertise. Look at these idols. Don't you love these golden idols? Mmm, I'm worshipping them. Um, so... <laughs> so that was the big change that and happened in And is that what kind of my... set in a lot of the other stuff? Did much change, or was it always going to be a demon in a tavern? That was always going to be the case. Oh, that's yeah. fun. It was, I always wanted it to be the tavern setting. Again, I'm really interested in this idea of merging the classic tabletop role-playing with these things, and I don't have many original ideas. <laughs> I like taking standard ideas, especially ideas that people hate or roll their eyes at, and trying to play with them. So you go into a tavern as the starting point mm. of an adventure. I yeah. like that. I like working with that because, yes, in an actual normal game, it's ridiculous now. Yeah. It was, it's, it was perfect. Yeah. It's exactly what, what it needed to be. I think mm, it definitely fits that, that, that theme. Mm -hmm. 
correctly. And there's also a certain thing I think when you play with like D and D stuff is you also like everybody has done that. Like if you'd be like, oh, it's D and D, so let's like mess around with like Strad the vampire, and let's talk. Mm, you'd be like, oh, it's getting a for bit... some people that's not a thing they've ever engaged mm. with in the world of D and D. But like the idea of just this mm-hmm. high fantasy tavern nonsense is is so like ubiquitous that it catches everyone who's ever heard of D&D. It's like, oh yeah, adventures in a tavern. I've seen that somewhere. It's why it doesn't matter who I'm running this room for. I know that in my introduction, I can say, you're at the start of adventure. You enter a new town. Where are you? you?" And I know what you're going to say. (laughs) Imagine, it's like, you start to, how do you start your adventure? Well, I'm going to go to the Lord's Manor. I'm going to ask around the guards if there's any information about demons. I'm going to examine all the water sources for purity. Yeah, just to check. Because that's how demons are found. They poison the water supply. You don't want that. Um, You were good. You did what you were supposed to. Thank you. I will say uh, my exasperation uh, helped me a little bit more than it did you, <laughs> which was I got so annoyed at the phrases that the bartender was saying. <laughs> Immediately, like, they said, when would weeps die midnight? And you went, that's stupid. Yeah, I was like, that You're doesn't stupid. make any sense. What are you talking about, you fool? That doesn't help anybody. <laughs> so when they gave me all three, I was, I spent much, I didn't, I, honestly, it didn't help me solve it any faster than you, but I spent more time being like, what drink that's salty doesn't even rhyme with worry wanderer. It rhymes with safe but faulty. <laughs> oh well, nothing to do. And then walked away. And so like when you realized they were wrong, the two of you very quickly were like, oh, so probably drink that's salty, safe but faulty. Uh, when would weep worry wanderer? I realized they were wrong from the first second and I still didn't solve it till 45 minutes in. So <laughs> you did a bloody Gabe was Gabe was all over that part. He had that once once we figured out they were wrong, he like put them right together. Yeah. <laughs> It it worked out very well. I, I was I, the thing that you also found very quickly as a team, um, which might have been Gabe as well. No, was it you? The 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 white chalk one and the mm. O to make ten also was kind of a representative of the target. I thought was yeah, it, that was, was Gabe that. too. Yeah, yeah, he caught that very quickly, which was mm-hmm. nice. Mm. Um, in some ways, maybe almost too quickly, because like for me, I had seen this and I read, oh, that's because I hadn't looked at the target yet, and I went, okay, that's ten. PPW to W. And I was so sure of that fact that there was mm. 10, it was PP. And I went, oh, maybe like points per weapon to win. That could be you a thing. You did get that immediately. I, got that. I, I just said it. To, but but the, ch- the chalk outline stuff I only got later. I went, oh, cool. So now I know it's this target thing. But you found it so early that, I, that you started to discount that part of it at all. You're like, well, that's just a picture of a target. So the real mm-hmm. message is just PPW to W. And that's like, that becomes then almost impossible to work out. 10 PPW is much more obvious, I think, than just PPW, which could stand for anything. Yeah, you put a number right. and it's like parts per million mm, or miles per hour, and you know, it fits that theme a bit more. This is one of those rooms that if other people download this and run it for their friends, it will make me nervous to hear about it because of how GM-led it has to be. As soon as there are lots of NPCs in a room, True. lots of options in mm-hmm. that way, it, it makes me nervous for me running it of how many things I can yes and and how many things I have to shut down because they could lead you to astray. That's also true. Already there was, I feel like st- because, you know, you wanted to start to talk to people and actually engage with the NPCs. How much bit. could you hear the different levels of panic in my delivery of a question <laughs> that I had clearly prepared for and one that I hadn't? 
Uh, not too much, although I think the was it the it was the um oh yeah we we absolutely know that you're gonna try and drink these things but you can't so yeah. oh yes that one yeah. I wanted to write as if it was a text based adventure how the yeah. uh, sarcastic text parser would respond uh-huh. to you <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's not a good idea uh, I also obviously try to drink everything. Uh, why wouldn't you? Liquids? Those are for drinking. So, you know. Right. There's a sticky, disgusting poison on the ground. Well, I drink it. What else would I do? Internal. That's where the blood's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but no, so I, I was definitely guilty of the same sort of thing. Uh, and But I think, you know, that's that's a fun thing to do. To have, to say, saying no can sometimes be fun. And saying no to things that are obviously ridiculous is perfectly fine. Oh, true. It just, it ends up because I'm trying to blur that line a little bit and head a little bit more towards the role play settings it makes it harder to say no and it makes you feel like you don't want to as much especially in something like a conversation with a person there are a few ways i'm sure all of us anxiety ridden people know how you can definitely get a conversation wrong but ideally in a role play you can't get a conversation wrong Mm. you can just get a different conversation but yeah that's tricky so Oh, yeah, and the biggest things about the idea of could you do this in your standard D&D game? And the biggest problem would be the need to say no or they will break it. Because mm. you can break it right away. You can take an axe and chop everything. Done. Demon might wake up and attack you. But okay, then, that's just a different combat, encounter. Right? You know, but like... you still wouldn't then do the escape room. And that is the right. big problem. You can always destroy in your tabletop roleplay games. And even then, right near the end, there's a little bit of like that creeping in of, well, there is a pragmatic solution to this mm. puzzle, which is just attack everybody. Get them all lined up. Be like, you got to take it. It's to find a demon. You know? Yeah, and, and I cut all their to hands off make and it so in, in my head, this demon has been asleep <laughs> the entire time. Mm. But you know, wake it up by swinging iron around. Bloodshed, if you start attacking its victims, then it might suddenly pay attention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and even that, that's the sort of stuff that like you want to tell someone in the context of a puzzle, mm. but it can sometimes feel that's not appropriate to say to a D&D group, to be like, oh, also, here's some knowledge that you have. Of this. It's like, no, exactly. Like, you know, Trying you've... to find the balance is difficult. I, I have not found it yet. I'm mm. still searching. Yeah. And I think like, because Will, you were talking a little bit uh, in either, maybe it was, uh, I think you may have not made the episode. It was, it was while uh, we had to take a quick break, but mm. you're, you're working on a system now called uh, Vi, which is sort of a... Arthurian questing for a sacred sword. And you were talking about like you sort of work in escape roomy puzzle stuff into that by How? Do do you <laughs> want to say that again now that it's actually on air? Sure, yeah. Uh so Vi Vi the Ancest Trials is a game I've been working on uh with Emily Earhart uh which is a really really neat idea, but it's it's what you said, right? So every player is a wise and powerful person of some sort. Like maybe they're a wizard or a time lord or, you know, something. Um, and they are from 22 different dimensions. There are 22 dimensions. And then there's this, it's funny because there's like a pocket dimension uh, <laughs> where you where they all know about and they can get to when they need, you know, when there's a call to go and find the sword. And the sword is here in this pocket dimension. We call it the in-between. And there are trials that you have to go through in order to reach the sword. And each one of these trials is in some way sort of like a 
uh, an escape room in that you're going to go through a door, the door is going to vanish, and in order to leave this place where you're go- undergoing the trial, you have to complete whatever's necessary in order for another door to appear for you to leave, or you can give up something very deep and personal to at least ah. you know, one of the characters that's with you. So there is a way around it. Um, but if you do that too many times, you'll fail the entire mm. quest and, and uh, go home. But yeah. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because like that gets around some of the issues that like when a, when a human being does an escape room, it is this feeling of like, I have to accept that I'm going into a place where somebody else has created a a test for me and I'm going right. to engage with that and do it in a, in a respectful way. Right. Cause you can always break an escape room. You can pick the locks, you can kick the door down, you can hit the fire escape button and they always let you out. Hey, you've escaped. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's that in, in your human existence, you are saying I'm agreeing to undertake your trial. And so you have done the same thing in the game form, which is how do you make characters in an RPG or like plays an RPG engage <laughs> with puzzles? You give them a character who says, yeah. I must engage with this puzzle respectfully with this force that has created it or else I'm not going to get the stuff that I need from it to find the ma- the mystic Makes quest. Sense. Like it mm-hmm. is, it is like, you know, in Monty Python, the Holy Grail, they cross the bridge and they answer the bridge keeper's questions. No one just like shoots him with an arrow and moves on. It's like, no, cause this is part of how you get the Holy Grail. It's that it's the next step. It's required. <laughs> you, you have to engage with the puzzle. And, and so like you bake that into the setting, which allows that opening for like, you're doing a trial of the mind. You have to solve the puzzles, not like you've been kidnapped by a wizard who says, solve my puzzles. And you'd be like, nah, wizard, I'm going to break your door down and mm. kill you. Right. Which is a much more like how in a lot of so D&D stuff. you have stuff. to embrace the artifice of it. Yeah. You have to have a character who wants to mm. do, do a puzzle, whereas D&D characters right. are usually forced to do a puzzle. So it's fun and in character to be like, well, I'll find my way around it. Yeah, that's I true. I don't have to bow to this wizard, to this lich's whims, mm-hmm. whereas... These characters seem like they want to bow to the lich's whims. That's a very good way of thinking about it. That seems embarrassingly obvious now that you say it. Yeah, it's it's giving it a, a sense, like, yeah, if your character has the same goal as a new, normal person would, then it's super easy to play yep. straight away. Right? Uh, and, and so I think it, it solves a lot of the issues there where they've agreed to do it effectively. You are not wrong. Um, That's exciting. Yeah, so that helps. So if, that's, if you want to fold that in, Danny, oh, we'll fold find it out. into everything you do in the rest of your life. <laughs> Steal all of Will's ideas. <laughs> um, no. Uh, but yeah, that, 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 it, it, look, and that sounds fun. Is that, where is that if game, I know you're play testing that at the moment. Do you have mm. like an idea of when it will exist for everybody else listening to this to go and buy it? No, that's a good question. It probably won't be... Uh, we will do a crowdfunding uh, campaign for it because um, we're going to do some really amazing art uh, mm. and we really are going to need to put together, you know, some additional funds in order to make that happen. Mm. And the part of the reason for that is because it's a it's a tarot and dice game. And so wow. it has a set of tarot cards that go with it uh, and the art for those and and all the work that goes into that is, is going to require some additional funding. So hopefully later this year, I don't, I couldn't tell you for sure, right? It might be later this year. It might be next year because I have some other projects that are, you know, mm. getting uh, some attention between now and then as well. Wonderful. Well, look, we'll make sure that when it does become a proper thing, it sounds like the, the, a perfect game for people who like this show. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll link to yeah. the, to the kickstart and all that sort of stuff when it happens. Um, Wonderful. Uh, Well, look, I I really enjoyed this room, Danny. 
I, I'm glad it all came together. I'm glad that, that, that playing it went well. I it think was it all, super fun. It yeah. all, they they oh, I'm so glad. made all the right decisions, found all the coasters. I do like that uh, they went to the shadowy corner, mm. found a coaster, but didn't know they were looking for coasters yet. No. As soon as that was introduced, like, there's, there's a water glass, there's a coaster, it's on the table, and you're like, great, great, who cares? And then you leave, you find another coaster, <laughs> and you're like, oh, my God, where are their coasters? And you'd completely forgotten. Because of course you would, right? You'd, who's going to yeah. note a coaster? I did love that moment of saying there were four weapons, four people, four coasters. Turned out there were going to be more coasters. You just hadn't found them all. And turned out there were five, the five people because you forgot the, the forgettable one. person. I, that was perfect. That was exactly what should happen, and it's amazing. Um, well, yeah, I, look, I think it, the whole thing went really well. Um, I do know as well, uh, for people who want to see more of what Gabe is doing, other than all the crazy places you can find him, if you haven't gone and, and watched uh, Shriek Week for Dimension 20, you should go and check that out. Uh, but he's also got a book coming out in like a couple of weeks, which I'm going to ask him to talk about, and I'm going to put it in right here. Oh, thanks, Gabe. See? Go and buy that book. Unless he didn't do what I asked, in which case you just heard some blank space that I'll keep in because it's funny. But we'll put links to the book anyway, There'll I be guess. links anyway. Um, well, look, thank you. Well, thank you to Gabe for coming on, uh, but he's not here. That's fine. Thank you to Will for, for playing our fun room. I, I hope you had a fun time. Absolute blast. Thanks again for inviting me. Wonderful. And look, aside from uh, the, the future prospects of Vi. Uh, is there anything else that people should check out that you do? Is there anywhere you want to send people? Um, yeah. I mean, if you're interested in the RPGs that we've been putting together and we do a, a pretty wide variety of stuff and it's going to grow a lot over the next year, you can always go to adepticarus.com. That's sort of the, that's the place. Uh, and that's where our game Arium lives. You can find it there and a little more information about it. Um, there are some actual plays you can find on YouTube and various places. You can learn more about it that way is a great way to do it. I think it's on some podcasts too, yeah. um, but it's a, it's a world building and RPG game. Yeah. And look, if you haven't uh, seen it already, I'll also link to where, uh, Will, me, M, who you'll know from the episode, The Wreck a little while ago, uh, PG, was that the whole cast? And, uh, Owen, no. we had, uh, Drac. B. B, B Zelda as well. And Drac. And then yeah. a whole, it was great fun. We played a whole run of Arium where they, we were, the, there was textile, God, magic, and we were a school. Oh, that one. That was such a the, cool the world. Yeah. to travel through time to different. It was amazing. It was so much I fun. I heard weird stories it was when you came very out of us. I was a small, almost spherical, little old, genderless person <laughs> in a, in 50 sweaters. It was great. So go and check all that out. There's a link to that as well. And, and if you... Don't like if you want to see how the system plays and how the world is created, you can check that out. It's really fun. Um, wonderful. Danny, thank you so much for writing a great, fun tavern room. Oh, thank you. And thank you, everybody, for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, if you want to help support the show, you can always tell a friend or an enemy or go onto a internet forum somewhere and be like, hey, I heard about this cool show called Escape This Podcast or leave a review. It really helps. Uh, word of mouth is the biggest way people learn about podcasts. I saw a Reddit thread uh, just yesterday on like our podcasts or whatever, where someone said, hey, can anyone recommend some good husband-wife podcasts? That's where you listeners should be recommending us. We can't do it because it's weird and they'll kick us off Reddit, but you can do it. Uh, so that's a great way to help support the show. Otherwise, you can sign up for the Patreon. There's rewards for anybody who signs up, anyone at any level. 
can appear as an NPC. In oh one yeah, of our we rooms. had a good stretch of them. This one, thank you so much. Abra Brisbane, Jesse Bolger, Marshy the Fourteenth, Quiet Snow, Michael Talva, and the Shadowy Corner. Yeah, the fact that we had a Shadowy Corner and a Patreon donor called Shadowy Corner was very helpful. Um, there's also bonus episodes. You can hear playtests and little mysteries and other stuff that we do for all of our $5 you donors, behind-the-scenes things. Read trivia. and contribute to the decisions as I write an interactive fiction yeah, story. There's, there's, a, there's an interactive fiction story going up on the Patreon every week or so. Uh, there's <laughs> Meant to be every week. Every week or so is accurate, as I forget. vlogs for $10 donors. There's a $20 trivia tier our $50 donors can playtest our rooms and our murder mysteries and all that other fun stuff. So it's a great place to be uh, and a great way to support the show and to support everybody else, right? If you pay for this show, you're helping everybody else get free content because you allow us to keep making it. And it's, it's kind of how all art should be made. So it's a good way to help support the show. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. You're all cool, every one of you, except you. You're fine. What are you even doing up there? Why? <laughs> what are you? What are you listening to our show? No, you're all cool. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you. Goodbye.